hello, race fans. This is Rob Howden, once again, the voice of the Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires, for another edition of the Road to Indy Insider, episode 34. Joining me here today as we get ready to kick off the 2022 season is Josh Green out of Mount Kisco, New York. Josh, 19 years of age, am I correct? Yep, you're correct. I got to write these down. I got to make sure I have them all down. Normally, Diane Swintel hooks me up. I'll have them all before we start the season. Uh, just give you a little background a bit on Josh. We start the podcast here. Uh, a driver who, is, who came into the road to Indy back in 2020, his uh, initial season running with uh, Turn 3 Motorsports, uh, had, had a pretty strong season. Um, sixth overall, which is a great de- uh, debut, uh, a great run, 12 top tens in total, three podiums. Uh, but last year, Josh, a, a solid season for you. Uh, you were able to notch that first win in the season finale, but some of the stuff you put down, I thought were, was pretty impressive. And I went over my notes. I use these podcasts to get my notes ready for the season too. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in my own preseason as well, but, uh, you get a win eight top fives, including the final five races in a row. You finished top five in the five final, which I thought was pretty imp- impressive. And in the top 10 in all but two races, you only had two DNFs on the season. Overall, let's just talk about that. What, what were your thoughts uh, just briefly on, on 2021? Uh, it was a good season. I think we definitely got stronger as a team as the season went on. It was the team's uh, first season in the, or in the USF 2000. They yeah. run the Indy Pro 2000 the years before. So we were really just trying to um, hone in on where we wanted the car to be each weekend. Um, and I think in those final four races, those last couple or last two rounds, we scored the most points of, of any team um, and of any driver. So, yeah, we came we finished really, really strong. And I think we definitely saw improvement throughout the season. I know they're going to have a very strong year in USF. Next we'll year. jump back into that. Let's have a look at your career a bit first. Uh, you're not the first driver to come out of Oakland Valley uh, Raceway Park, the karting track up in Cuddybackville, New York. So many drivers we've talked to, you go back to the Sage Caroms and the Santino Ferrucci's and then yourself, of course, Robert McGinnis, um, Dylan Christie, who I just talked to as well. Um, you had a, a pretty good run through karting and you won on all the different levels, right? You won club races there. You won some uh, state races, some state championships, and you ended up kind of, kind of capping things off, winning the X30 category in, in the uh, WKA Manufacturers Cup. But let's jump to 2019. Let's to kind of bring people in again, these podcasts – a lot of it is about trying to educate the people in the sport who, who love IndyCar, who love the road to Indy and who you guys are. You jumped into, into, into car racing in 2019, and I know you, you and I have talked about this before, but what was the transition? How did you guys jump out of karting and get into cars in 2019? So it was it was not planned really at all. Uh, Robert McGinnis is the one who made it all happen, and I have huge thanks to him on a lot of my career, but... Um, I was very good friends with him throughout my karting career, even when I was racing indoors and stuff like that. And he was a big sort of guide for me. Um, and he got Jeff Bouchard of Team Belfry, um, the 1600 program, uh, and me in contact. And so we just set up a test. We went out to Roebling Road, did a two-day test. And Jeff was basically just like, you should just show up to the first race. And I had Let's no plans. Yeah, exactly. But I had no plans of running the season. Um, you know, we had some last-minute funding come in from uh, yeah, a last-minute sponsor that just made it possible and we just said okay let's do this this is what's gonna happen let's do it we showed so, up to this first race yeah keep going no go ahead no no, I just, no it's what the, the crazy thing about this is i love the fact that it was like hey i, I come out of carding we test this car and i'll jump into it man you look pretty good let's do the first race and i'll let you talk this and then we'll come with what ends up because the, the results you had over that season would not have what we you would have paired with a kid that's coming out of carding saying hey let's just try this right yeah, exactly. I mean, like the whole the whole concept was just go to Road America or sorry, Road Atlanta and just see what happens. You know, why not? Um, and showed up basically 
literally two days in the car before we show up to the racetrack still trying to figure out you know how to blip on downshifts like struggling <laughs> honestly the my biggest struggle all weekend was just getting the gears right I bet. and then it we show up on the first race day qualified fourth in the dry and it's full wet right and i had never driven a race car in the wet i had three days in a race car period altogether and then just won the thing out of the blue wow. took the lead through turn one and just drove away and dealt with all the safety cars and it just kind of came to fruition it was <laughs> It was insane, and I think, I think we were all, you know, I was optimistic going into the weekend, like, yeah, we were going to be pretty quick, and I, but, like, I wasn't even thinking a podium. I was, like, you know, top five, just trying to stay on the pace of the leaders, yeah. and for us to show up and win in the wet was insane, and then the season that we had after, it was huge. Like, it was and amazing. Is, Me and Kotek had a great battle. It's and crazy. It was, it's amazing. Yeah. You end up winning eight times, five poles, and you're on the podium in 18 of 21 races. What a... What a you're, I, I, I can just imagine your mindset at the start. You said coming in, right? I've got a couple days here. You said, I just, I'll just i try to get some podiums. A lot of experience. Man, things must have changed so quickly over the year when you start winning races and getting more comfortable. You're constantly on the podium. Did that, did that happen early? And how much did it change maybe your thought of, hey, I'm racing. Maybe I want to, maybe I want to really do this for a, li- for a living. I want this to be my career. I definitely came into it already with it wanting to be my career. It yeah. always had been ever since like I first got into it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the mindset changed very quickly at the beginning of the season, but it did take a long time for it to really get stuck in or for me to mentally really get stuck in with it. Um, just because it was, it is a very different process driving a race car and 1600 racing specifically is a very, very different process with the draft and the way you sort of set up the races because you don't run them like you do a normal race. Like you're not pushing flat out the entire time you're really setting up for those last couple laps. Yeah. And I definitely lost out on a lot of results at the beginning of the season, just because I was just racing every lap and I get to the last lap and I just, you know, I'd lose that one, two positions and it was enough to, to tear the points away from us. Um, But yeah, it was, it was a crazy season. And I think I developed a ton as a driver throughout the season and the results kept just getting better and better. We started working towards those top two steps of the podium. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, yeah. And Jeff, as, as a unit, like the way that Pelfrey ran and the amount that I learned as a driver from all the different driver coaches that would come in from here and there and just Jeff in general with the amount of experience he had, um, it was huge. It really built the foundations as to what I am as a driver today. It's amazing that all that could get jammed into one season of F1600 racing. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it, but I love what you said there. <clears throat> the very start, you're battling away. I got you know, to lead every lap. I got Every lap's a fight. Until you realize, yeah, we're in a three-driver train train up front. Let's just pull away three drivers, and then we race at the end, right? Then last, then yeah. then you gotta then you start playing the chess match at the end. That's just such a, it's your obviously your development curve was very steep, but man, to be able to get that understanding of what that racecraft means at the end, once that clicks, it just changes every, every race you're into from then on. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it took me all the way up until about VIR to wow. figure it out. And then once I got to VIR, I was like. I was competitive and I was making good decisions, but before that I understood the concept of it. I just couldn't make it work. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was racing people like Kotick and like Misha who are very talented, have years and years of experience. Mm-hmm. have both driven the car a ton. And I was just kind of thrown into the deep end with just having to figure it out. <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah. Well, listen, let's, let, let's talk about the, your jump up in, in, uh, in 2020, you go into USF 2000 for the first time you're with the turn three motorsport, Peter and Mandy Dempsey's operation. As, as you mentioned, it was their first year in USF 2000 because they had come in, in the Indy pro 2000 level, yeah. expand into USF 2000. You're part of a team, you and Dylan Christie, uh, first year kind of in the program. Um, no, oh, that was the year before, um, in 2020, 20, was case. Yeah, 2020 and that was Dylan was last year in 2020, 
did you come in with a lot of a lot of momentum and confidence? Because that's what, kind of what I felt like. It, it's like you, you got you got into a really good groove early. You end up finishing sixth overall in your opening season. You get three podiums. You didn't crack through for the win, but you're up against some pretty strong competition that year as well. Overall, how did the season start with momentum wise in 2020 coming off what was a really good year in F1600? Um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of confidence going into the season. It was a big transition season for me, though, uh, with the way that those cars are compared to the cars that I was getting out of. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just a very different working environment. The Capes are, are a very different environment from what Jeff had. And it was interesting. There was a lot to be learned. Um, and it was definitely a big step up. I think it's a bigger step up than people realize. It is. Um, so, yeah, but I, I would say that I was confident, but I'm always... I'm very confident in my driving and who I am as a driver, but it's not like I'm not sitting there and being like, oh, I'm going to win every race. I was just confident that I was going to be able to perform at a high level and, you know, get what I could out of it. And I definitely put every ounce of myself into every single one of those weekends. I do like the culture change sometimes for young drivers, right? Cause you, you're, if you're with a team for a long, long time, it's that same culture, but to pull you out of something comfortable and throw you into something uncomfortable really pushes you to kind of grow. Right. Was that, do you feel like that was a good thing coming? Obviously, with Jeff Busher's team and the Pelfrey team being just F1600, you were going to have to go into a new program. But did you feel like that was something that pushed you in a different direction, allowed you to stretch yourself maybe beyond what you thought you had? Yeah, 100%. And it it introduced me to a very different way of the way a team is run. The Capes do a very different, have just a very different program with the way that they go about things. Um, And it was definitely a big, like a wake-up call a little bit that like this is how teams run in, you know, a more professional series. Obviously not the 1600 isn't professional, but USF, you know, we're on the, you know, we're racing around with IndyCar. We're at these big circuits. We had some big moving circus. Um, so it's a very different approach to weekends. And and I think there was a lot to be learned from it. And it really prepared me for coming into last year with turn three and a sort of more development role in a sense, like building yeah, a car and stuff agreed, like that. Yeah, agreed, yeah. So you're with the Capes. Um, I, and I love hearing about this because there's, they, they've been around for so long that they have this way they do things, right? Uh, and, and how many guys have come through there? The Kirkwoods, the Piggots, the Askews. You just go all the way back. You know how many cha- they won eight. I think they won eight of the first nine championships in the series, starting in 2010. They won their first one in 11. What was that? What was that uh, culture like? It was obviously a little bit different. How did it feel for you? Um, I wouldn't say. I don't think it was the best program for the way that I run, but yeah. it is a it is an yeah. amazing program. Yeah. yeah, no, it does happen, and yeah. and I I'm not shy of saying that, and I think we could both agree on that, but. The way they run is very much like they know what their program is. They know what they have. They're very confident in the cars that they build. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they are going to work with you to figure it out. Um, And, yeah, it was just a very different program than I was used to. Whereas with Jeff, it was very focused on driver development, um, focused on, like, on the driver and how do they, you know. But but also it's a a different rung. You have to think about it. Like, it's a very different approach because in USF, there is less of an emphasis on driver development because at that point, you know, it is a professional series and you're yeah, working we're on win races. Race, win races. Yeah, we're in races. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a very different outlook. And then obviously moving to turn three, it was another very different outlook. Um, so, yeah, but I would say the Capes were exactly as you said, they know what package they have and they run it like they know what package they have. I would have to say that the Capes and Peter Dempsey probably similar in, in, the, in their firingness of, of being competitive. You know, but Peter's yeah. the same way. He wants to win all the time as well. Yeah, for sure. And I like honestly working with Turn Three has been amazing. There, Peter runs an awesome program, and me and Peter have grown super close ever since like I first started running with them. Yeah. And it's you know a friendship on top of him being you know the team owner and engineer and whatever it is. Um, it's just every single time that the two of us work together, something good always came of it. So. <laughs> I like that. That's good. So you mentioned I like this. 
you go from Cape over to, to turn three when they expand from Indy Pro 2000 into USF. You said you 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 turn you use the term development driver, right? Because you're essentially tell yeah. me about that. How, how again? You keep stretching yourself, and we're talking about coming out of karting into four F F sixteen hundred, then go to an established team, and then you go to essentially a team that's expanding in, into the program. That's that's another you being stretched, even push to ask more from you probably than you were asked a year before. Yeah, no, it was it was amazing. I mean, I don't know that I would say I guess development role in a sense like that was sort of the idea is to, um, I think why they would bring someone like me in as you know yeah. a, an experienced driver but there was a lot for there's so much for me to learn from from who they had on that squad because we have pitchers pitchers people like richard uh the driver coach who's yeah. just insanely experienced as well as peter who's insanely experienced and both of them almost live vicariously through their drivers in a sense because everyone's still a race car driver on that team yeah literally almost every single person on that team either races cars or raced cars like every single one of them have the drive and the fire like, and it's unlike anything I've ever experienced where every, like, I mean, we talked about, and it's been talked about how, like, we're a family under that tent and, you know, we're the last people at the track, we're cooking dinner, we're hanging out. Yeah. Like, it is a family. And in the same way that it is a family, every single person under that tent wants to win just as much as anyone else. And I like that. Yeah. It's so cool. Uh, but again, you, you were, brought, were brought in as a second year driver to the team, right? In USF 2000, so they relied on you and your feedback was probably more crucial to their development than it was at the Cape Cape squad because the Capes have yeah. a, a setup that they know and they believe in this is the way they want their cars to be run you guys mm -hmm. were trying to you came in with a clean clean sheet of paper right uh no data in the book so you're filling that data up now um let's let's talk about this let's talk about last year uh in, in 2021 we talked a little bit about it here how much different did you feel coming in um you know to, with that experience and then having I could again. I could see how good you guys were getting. You talked about the, how you guys scored so many points in the last uh, five races. It really shouldn't have been that much of a surprise, right? That you guys were learning throughout the season, and once you hit your mark, it was just there. Yeah, um, I definitely think we came into the season with a lot of confidence, and for me, it was a very humbling experience. Very quickly, um, which isn't a problem. Yeah, I was, yeah. It was good. I mean, it was important that that we sort of got that wake up call. We were really strong in testing. We were super, super strong in testing. Um, and everyone kind of caught up and we got a little stuck in our ways, but then found a way around it. And I think everyone had played their own role in that. And there was a lot of tension and that's how it goes. I mean, whenever you're on a race team and stuff starts going wrong for more than one race weekend, everyone sort of gets up on top of each other. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think it was a huge experience for me as a driver and for everyone on the team to just sit back and fight through that. Um, you know, no love loss. There was, there was hard feelings, but we got through them and, we ended up where we ended up. So you mentioned it's a family. You're supposed to have yeah. battles, right? You have little fights and back, yeah. back and forth. Exactly. Here's my question. And you finish, you finish with five top fives. You've capped the season with a big win at mid Ohio, which is obviously huge for you as a driver. Was there any thought of, Hey, do we come, we had this momentum. Do I come back for one more year of USF 2000 to try to win the championship or do I go to Indy pro? Was there, was, there, um, was that even something I was like, you know what? I proved myself here. I'm ready. I want Indy pro 2000. I think it was more that that I had proved yeah. myself when I was ready to move up. Um, obviously, it was going to be funding dependent, more or less. But we've worked really hard this year and made it happen. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely we had all kind of sat down. Actually, right after the weekend mid Ohio, we already had that first test planned in the Indy Pro, and I was you know less than a week after we drove straight from mid Ohio to Chicago, and I was in the car Autobahn. So yeah, you, you could always have the thought about coming back to USF two thousand until you drive the indy pro car <laughs> and then you're like no yeah no no i'm good i'm gonna go with this car instead how did you like that yeah. car i i've talked to a lot of drivers where they felt 
the USF 2000 car was a ton of fun to drive. They learned a lot. But but when they got into the Indy Pro, so much more of everything, I always say, right? More downforce, more horsepower, braking, you name it. They just felt more comfortable in that car, driving that car around. Do you have that same kind of experience? Yeah, I mean, it drives like a real, you know, aero formula car. The yeah. USF drives a lot more like a Formula Ford in a sense, where it's kind of always sliding around a bit your hands are never really like steady you're always mm-hmm. dancing with the car which yeah. is very fun and it's its own thing but then you get to the indie pro and it's like you have the coast time and you have the like the car just feels like it's attached to the road nice and it suits my driving style really well and just yep. like being able to be really slow with your hands and ask exactly as much as you need from the tire and the side of the car but it's so exciting just like checking into a corner at really high speed and knowing that it'll stick yeah, like it's right. such a weird feeling, especially Autobahn. Uh, the whole middle sector is like these super fast sweepers. And it just, it did take a while to build the confidence because you're just kind of turning in, just assuming it'll be there. You gotta like, believe it. Knowing, yeah, exactly. And, and the car does like, it does float in and then takes a set, you know? So like it does, it isn't necessarily confidence inspiring when you first turn <laughs> the wheel and you're like, okay, this doesn't feel like it's going to work. I love um, but no, it was, the first test was amazing. It was an awesome experience. Got to drive in the dry and the wet and just had a blast in the thing. So off-season testing, how has it been? How excited are you? And what are your expectations for the opening round at St. Petersburg? So, I mean, it's been a rush to get the cars ready. So we haven't really yeah. been in the car much. Um, our My first preseason test is going to be at the end of this month uh, and then the next week. Uh, but so far, all the experience I have had in the car has been awesome. We are just up at the shop doing all of our seats and doing a little bit of data stuff and just kind of sitting down and getting back together with the team. So, no, I'm super pumped. I'm super, super excited. For those tuning in right now, I may not know the kind of the background. Obviously, new cars coming for USF 2008 Indy Pro. They've uh, gone with a halo, brought the halo uh, type device into the road to Indy. The cars then requiring uh, wider tubs. So everybody having to get an update kit, which is essentially the tub itself, the halo and the ancillary bodywork. You know, the, the engine covers wider, the entire tub being wider. Everything that was attached to the tub is essentially a bit wider. Uh, kits got ordered. The update kits were coming in, of course, right in the middle of COVID. So supply chain issues obviously everybody knows about the container ship issues so getting cars here a lot of them have been flown over as air freighted over as opposed to coming over in the container and josh you mentioned it a lot of teams are getting are still getting the cars right now having to get them then put together to be ready for spring training on february the 14th and 15th at homestead it is it's tough for everybody right now i feel for the team owners i feel for you drivers who potentially aren't on the racetrack yet but you know what what do you do in the middle of a of this pandemic situation which is not you know aside from the people getting sick and having to deal with COVID and all that, just what it's done to the economy and supply chain for, for motorsports and so many other, other industries, it's just going to make things tougher this year. Yeah, hundred percent. And Peter's philosophy with the whole thing is that he didn't want to just throw the cars together for a test. He wanted to be super thorough about it. So they only had to build them once. Yeah. And that was basically what he's been doing. And, you know, we had our first couple of tests before the season ended. Um, and we had the first test in the new car. I wasn't driving. Um, but I was there and helping out driver coaching and stuff like that. And it went super smoothly. And, you know, it's been, it's been awesome to see them working super hard to get the cars together, but you know, the people at the shop, they're there from like 8am to midnight, just trying to get these things ready. So yeah, it's unsung unsung heroes at the shop, right? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I can't thank them enough. And I just, just thanking everyone the whole time I was there because it's, it's rough and you can see that they're, they're, you know, definitely working themselves thin. Yeah. All right. Well, that's done enough for 2021 and 2022 and the years back. Let's have some fun right now. Let's kind of get to know Josh Green a little bit. I've got a lineup of questions here that are fun. Not really much. A little bit of racing to start. Then we'll get more into uh, having some fun. Let's let's start, Josh. Uh, what's your favorite racetrack? Nice and easy. 
Favorite racetrack, I'd say in America, uh, Road America, and yeah. in the UK, Alton Park. Alton Park is one of my favorites. Alton Park. Yeah. That's like real old school, ragged, big curves, big chicanes. It's good fun. I love that. Alton Park sounds good. I'm a huge Road America fan. I love driving it. Um, aside from the cars you're driving now, and let's, I know people keep going to IndyCar, away from IndyCar, what's another okay. race car that you would like to drive? Ooh, hmm. I think... Definitely the older F1 cars, Senna's MP44 comes to mind, okay. that car, um, the 89 championship car. Yeah, I'd definitely say that. I think that's probably the top of the list. Uh, these first couple ones I've done, it's been right around the Chili Bowl, which just happened last week in, in a midget car. Would you ever Would you ever entertain jumping on a midget and drive the Chili Bowl or drive it on, on some dirt track? I've never done anything oval-wise besides Lucas Oil. And yeah. uh, Peter actually went out and did it when I was working with Pelfrey as a driver coach and Peter was there with uh, with the F4 team. He went out and did a race and uh, one of our the guys on our team has a midget. Yeah. And it was awesome. Like, it's really cool. I Being at those races, like, I can tell why people do it. I'd love to. I think it's really cool. If the opportunity showed up, like, I'd definitely try it. It does right. look a bit crazy, though. It does look a bit crazy. We'll put Josh <laughs> down on the guess for that. All right, I like to go to food sometimes. I think that's a really good way to kind of kind of get to know a driver. Uh, you're on a you're on a road trip to a race. You got the crew. You're in the car. You're heading to wherever. You pulled off the interstate for interstate for lunch or dinner. What's the go to fast food uh, restaurant? And what are you getting? What's the order? Okay, so if we're doing lunch, it's Panera. Usually Panera, being Panera, healthy. Right. Um, okay. They've got these like warm bowls, so I get the teriyaki chicken bowl, and then I get half a sandwich on the side. Usually like the turkey avocado BLT. All right, so you're um, eating, you're eating well. You're not going. You're not like McDonald's. I need a uh, I need a Big Mac kind of guy. No, I mean I just feel like you always feel bad after eating stuff like that too, <laughs> especially going to a race weekend. Like you just don't you don't feel nice. Definitely, you're an athlete. You're supposed to be an athlete, right? Yeah, enough food. Speaking to of that, I, I, hold on, I'm in this argument a lot. What is the best fast food hamburger or restaurant hamburger that you've ever had? Which which if you're if you're not it's, let's say it's in the off season, you can put yeah, five yeah. pounds on if you want. What's the fate? What's your favorite hamburger? If we're saying fast food, I think Five Guys. Oh, you're five. Oh, they're pretty good. I think, five, yeah. yeah. I think I definitely. Nice you're from the Northeast, too, though. That happens. That's kind of right yeah. in the wheelhouse, right? Yeah. How about pizza? Uh, thin crust, regular crust, or, or uh, like deep dish from Chicago? I actually haven't had deep dish pizza. That's okay. something I need to do. Um, but... It's a casserole. It's a pizza casserole. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say thin crust and like maybe a margarita pizza. Okay. I'm under that right there. Uh, how about pe uh, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? I'm actually allergic to pineapple. So You're... wait, what? I know, weird, but it is I'm a little weird. Pineapple. Yeah, right. it is a weird one. I used to love it, and then I just generated an allergic reaction to it. Which is wow, okay. Well, over they time. say that yeah. pineapple actually has an enzyme in it that tries to eat you or something like that. If you put it in your mouth and it burns a little bit, it's, that's what it's trying to do. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, I read that somewhere. Last topic on food: If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? I think pasta, honestly. Yeah. Big pasta eater. Yeah. A lot of variety there. Could That's very pasta. true. It's, if you could just say Italian even, right? Because it's easy. Uh, but I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you could broaden it, Italian. Yeah. <laughs> I, but yeah. Yeah. Pasta you're in. Yeah. Do pasta. All right. Well, you're a race car driver. You can only eat so much of that, man. You got to eat. Well, you have to carbo load for a race, so it's not too bad, I guess, right? Yeah, pasta and like a meat for protein, maybe some vegetables. That's, you could be that's, that's there meal. you go. All right. Away from racing. Um, what's your favorite way to spend a day off? recently climbing actually bouldering has been really? a big thing yeah that's me and my friends have been getting into a lot of bouldering uh have a membership at the local gym it's been a lot of fun 
did you, is it, is it more that it changes your mindset? Because I have to believe, I know that Zach Beach was really into it as well too. Is it, is it something it's cause it's still very physical, right? It's still training to a certain It's extent. extremely physical. Yeah. yeah. It's extremely physical. Um, and it sucks starting out because you have to generate all the finger strength because it's all <laughs> fingertips yeah. and that takes forever and is really painful. Um, but no, it is like, it's, it's very similar to racing in that you're always in a very high pressure environment and you need yeah. to continue to perform. And it's like trying to keep a clear head while, um, yeah, not falling off or like, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think there is a beauty to it. Like when you watch someone who's actually really good, go and climb something like that's relatively easy for them. There's just this really nice flow, flow. of just like one by one, just grabbing each yeah. hold. Um, yeah. And I think it does help both mentally and physically for racing, obviously the physical aspect, but the mental aspect with just being super calm and collected while things are going wrong. Agreed. So during a lockdown, everybody kind of got into Netflix streaming, whatever it may be. What are you streaming right now? Is there a favorite show that you have you like to watch? I haven't watched any shows recently. Um, I went through, I need to watch the Beatles uh, get back that whole okay. documentary. I've been super interested waiting for that. I just watched the Alpinist. That movie is amazing. All right. Talking about climbing, staying on that topic. Check that down. Um, I don't know. There was a show I watched. Uh, actually Silicon Valley. That's an amazing show. Okay. Right, that, that, those are not in my wheelhouse. I'll have to look look at uh, look up to them. That's good. All right, final question. And this is a funny thing is I, I asked this. My last guest was Dylan Christie. And I remember you guys are young enough. That you, you haven't had time. My, the, the question is, what's your favorite movies? And you guys haven't had time like I have to rewatch and rewatch movies, right? Because, God, you're only 19 years old. For, like, uh, do you have a top five in terms of your favorite movies of all time? Ooh, top five. All right, not in any order. I'll yeah. say Donnie Darko is up there. Okay. Um, Tony Darko is a good one. There's a short film that was made by Childish Gambino called Clapping for the Wrong Reasons. Love that. Um, you're going alternative yeah. on me right now. <laughs> I'm so, I, I, like I don't know. It's, <laughs> um, I, I know. You're young. I get it. Hmm. What else? What else? What else? Um, oh, I'm getting lost. See, the funny thing, Josh, is I could ask somebody who is 40 years old and they will whistle off like 10 movies, but we've got 20 years of movie watching on you. That's what it, that's the difference. Right? Yeah. Um. I, the Senna movie. Oh Senna yeah. Movie. That'll that, be up that there for sure. Good. That's an amazing yeah. movie. Um. I have a movie list. Can I can I open my movie list? I you for sure open it up. Not cheating. You okay. open it up, but no, it's fine. You open it up, and I, and I'll, I will say this while you're while you're doing that because it makes me laugh right now because uh, of course I've got you know later this week Thursday I'm going to talk to Noah Ping who is a young driver going to be running in USF Juniors. I, I'm realizing when I'm talking to these USF Juniors who are like 14 to 16, 17 years of age, <laughs> it's going to you know. There's, I'm, not, I'm going to scratch this one because they probably haven't watched enough movies at this point even to have a top five. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do you got? So Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner. Oh, wow. Um, That's amazing. Film. Were you even born? You weren't even born no. when that came out. No, great I movie. wasn't. But it is an amazing movie. It's um, a great movie. What else? Uh, Wings of Desire. If you've heard of that. I don't know that one. Um, and then we'll end off with The Theory of Everything. That was a pretty amazing movie. I, I've seen that. Uh, wow. That's... Uh, yeah, that's a, a little more eclectic. Again, outside my wheelhouse in terms of uh, age range, but that's good stuff. Josh, I love it, man. We got a chance to look deeper into who you are and uh, and your career. I think it's been so cool. We talked about how you've kind of been jumping up so quickly, so comfortable in what you were doing. I think that, that you're going to have a lot of fun this year for sure. Uh, again, with that family team, that that you know the atmosphere that Peter Dempsey is able to develop there. I had a chance to have a cocktail with the with the crew uh, after the race at New Jersey, and there's definitely a great feel there. A bunch of great people. Uh, you got some new teammates coming in as well. You know, we've got Jonathan Brown coming over uh, from Ireland. You've got Christian Weir now joining in the USF 2000 program. It's going to be a really cool feel. We'll wrap with this. Jonathan's coming over. He's your teammate uh, in Indy Pro 2000. Do you know Jonathan much? Have you talked mm -hmm. on the phone at all? Or 
uh, or what? Yeah, so when I was over there with Team USA, we, um, we were teammates for right. a while, for two full events, for basically racing, hung out yeah. for, yeah, for two full weeks. I mean, that was where I met Peter initially too. So yeah, yeah, I know, I know him very well and we're, we're good friends. So do you feel like it, that's obviously for you then that's gotta be kind of a positive going into a season, having a guy you've already really, you've, it's, it's like those, you know, those two weekends, right? With Team USA scholarship running the festival, running the Walter Hayes trophy. It's like jamming a full season of being somebody's teammate into three weeks. But do you think that's going to be, is this going to be like a really good positive for you coming out of the gate? Yeah, hundred percent. And I know he's he's very talented, and he's going to be. We're going to be pushing each other very well, um, like and, and we'll complement each other. So no, I'm very excited to just sort of get started, and yeah, it'll be good to have someone who really pushes me in the team. Well, dude, the countdown is on. We're just over what five and a half, six weeks away from starting the season at St. Petersburg. Are you ready to go? Um, so ready, so pumped. <laughs> I love it. Folks, uh, thank you so much for joining us here. That was Josh Green, who's running for tier, uh, Turn 3 Motorsport this year in Indy Pro 2000. Sixth two years ago, fifth last year. Got a race win to cap off the season, as, and as he has detailed, uh, five top fives to end the season. Out, uh, out point scored everybody at the end of USF 2000 last year. Uh, fantastic run to end the season to give him the momentum. Uh, into 2022 it's going to be a great season field looking really strong for indy pro 2000 as well and josh of course will be gunning after that rookie of the year award thank you so much for joining us on this new edition of the road to indy insider lots more to come throughout the season we're going to try to knock out every driver on the road to indy and in usf juniors this year Noah ping coming up next but josh thank you so much for joining me, buddy i appreciate it thank you on behalf of josh green my name is rob howden bye for now 